0: talk on KTNF AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Good morning to all of you joining us locally by radio or streaming online. We appreciate you tuning in. Today is Sunday and it is April. I did not change the date on this. <laughs> I'm your host, Hurtsy Hertz, and I'm here to talk with Maddie Love and our in-studio guest, Rebecca Hensler, founder of the site and Facebook group slash page, Grief Beyond Belief. Rebecca Hensler is the founder of this page, a support group for grieving people who do not believe in God or an afterlife. She founded the group in 2011, when after her son died in 2009, she found there was little to no secular support available for those without religion. Several years later, the group is still going strong, assisting people with, a, with an approach grounded in reality. Rebecca also works as a school counselor on the West Coast with, and lives with her wife. This is an open conversation, and we welcome and encourage listener interaction with your phone calls to 952 946 6205, your emails to radio at mnatheist.org, or tweet us at, at atheist talk. The phone number is only available when we are live, but you can always email or tweet us whether you are live or you're listening to the podcast. Maddie, Rebecca, good morning, and welcome to Atheist Talk. Morning. Good morning.
1: So Rebecca, um, on today, April eighth, just you know, I, I did check the
0: calendar. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a it's been a weekend.
1: <laughs> um, Hertzie went over an intro, but I guess I wanted you to have a chance to put in your own words. What is Foundation? Um, what is Grief Beyond Belief?
2: So Grief Beyond Belief is a community. It's what we provide to that community is spaces for people to engage in what's called peer-to-peer grief support. So we're not providing counseling. What we're providing is spaces, mostly online spaces, for people to engage with each other with the knowledge that they are reaching out to other people who are grieving without belief in an afterlife or God. Um, and that the people who are providing them with support, comfort, advice are other people going through the same experience. Um, so what we have now is a Facebook page, which is where the whole thing started. Um, and then a couple things happened. One was Facebook made a bunch of changes in their page platform because Facebook never knows when to leave well enough alone. Um, and so um, people were no longer able to communicate with each other without having their entire friend network see whatever they posted or commented. So now we have a closed support group as well, which is Awesome. Um, so we sort of filter people through the public page into the closed support group. Um, we have a vetting process, which means that people really are able to know for sure um, that the people they're communicating with are, are um, also grieving non believers. Um, there's a few uh, kind of groups that have grown out of it a parent specific grief group. A pet sector, because um, because people who are grieving for their pets also need secular support. Um,
0: as an as a pet mother of two fur babies, thank you.
2: <laughs> you're welcome. I really appreciate the people who started that group, um, and we also now have an independent website as well. Um, it has not been as active in the last couple of years because we've had lots of uh technical difficulties with hacking. Um and so, but we actually just this week went live with a revamped website. So that's griefbeyondbelief.org. Um and I'm gonna be doing some blogging there as well. So it's really grief beyond belief is this community, right? Um, and then the next step, of course, is to help bring that community into real life and so we can talk later about how that's going on.
1: Well, and you mentioned your homepage and I did I didn't realize that it had been hacked and shut down cuz the first time I've been to your homepage was last night. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at it's like this is a gorgeous homepage. It really is. It was easy to use, it was easy to find everything on it. So Kudos to whoever designed it.
2: So the best thing about it, first of all, uh, the person, Tasha Milhouse, uh, volunteered last year when I sort of threw up my hands. I don't even know how Tasha found out about us. But she is this very nice lady in Michigan who said, you need a webmaster? I'm going to do this for you. And she revamped the site. It's amazing. Um, but I think the thing that is most valuable on that site is something called the Secular Grief Library, which is a link library of over 350, I think, at this point, um, links to writing and podcasts and video all about grief, all free of God and religion and spirituality, so that people who want to read, whether it's they want to read other people's personal stories or they want to read research about grief— Um, they are looking for information about how to help children who are grieving, whatever it is they're looking for, they can know that what they're going to find is not going to be inundated with religion.
1: Yeah, like, I mean, as a trans person, I found almost all my support online. And I mean, I've used that to grow and have people-to-people relationships. But I mean, if it wasn't for online resources, I don't know. I don't know where it would be. So I mean, that is such a huge, huge, awesome like <laughs> <And laughs> benefit. I think it's
2: really important, especially for people in areas. And I think you probably had this same experience when people are in areas where there aren't a lot of other people like them. Um, the internet ends up becoming this huge resource. So a lot of people in the grief beyond belief community, it's you know. It's, I'm not going to say it's easy to be grieving in, say, the Bay Area, uh, to be grieving without belief in God or an afterlife, especially because we are so inundated with woo. So you may not have people who are telling you to accept Jesus and everything will be okay, but you sometimes have friends who are telling you they're talking to your dead baby through their psychic abilities, because, yes, this happened to me. I'm sorry. Um, Yeah. So, but I think that in areas where there are a lot of secular people, you're more likely to have a support network in person. Um, In areas where there's sort of a smaller concentration of secularity, you know, you're Unfortunately, very likely to be surrounded by maybe other people who are grieving for the same person you're grieving for. Your whole family could be grieving, but you could be the only one who's grieving without thinking that, you know, your family members in heaven. So,
1: my uncle passed away, I think, three years ago now, and my cousin is an atheist. And as far as to the best of his knowledge, he was, and I came to the funeral, I was like, you know, I'm really happy that you came. Because now I know at least one other person here will be not understanding what he's going through because I I haven't lost anybody that close to me. Mm -hmm. But knowing that, like, he wasn't going to get platitudes from me that are things that he doesn't believe in. Exactly.
2: Like, I just need
1: somebody there that doesn't think that, you know, my dad's in a better place, quote, unquote.
2: And I like that you said that because I think that that's really, in the beginning... The first thing grief beyond belief really provided was that there's someone else there who doesn't believe that the person I love is in a better place and I'm going to see them again.
1: Yeah, that's tough. Like, <laughs> um, sorry, brain fart. <laughs> Your homepage, which we'll link to in the podcast show notes mm-hmm. and then on Facebook and Twitter, um, it mentioned at least it lists you as a founder, and obviously we've talked about that, but. Can you share a bit about the founding of Grief Beyond Belief?
2: Absolutely. Um, The beginning of the story of Grief Beyond Belief really is my son, Jude. Um, I, uh, um, when I was 40, I'd actually been told I could never get pregnant. Um, Well, not without, you know, $80,000 worth of fertility treatments. Um, And Yet I actually did. And um, I was so happy to be having a child. And then my wife and I found out that he was going to be born with this really terrible birth defect. Uh, it's called congenital diaphragmatic hernia, if anyone wants to Google it. Um, and he was given, you know, a one in 10 chance of survival. Um, luckily, we had really good. Um, health insurance because I have a really good union. Um and so we and there were a, a hospital nearby that did really good work with these babies. And so we decided to have our baby, give him a chance. Um we had this 90 lovely days with him. He was this awesome little guy with big blue eyes and he was curious and funny and, you know, liked to listen to my wife Pink's Floyd songs, and um, yeah, he was this awesome little guy, and um, and when he died, we were devastated. And um, you know, one thing that a lot of people don't realize is that, at least in the first few months, grief keeps getting worse, not better. You kind of the first few weeks, your brain is sort of protecting you, um, and so a few months after he died, I discovered um, online grief support. And it was great. Uh, There's uh, this great organization, Compassionate Friends. Um, But the thing is that um, following that, um, I sort of slowly started finding that... the other people in the organization who were also grieving for their children did have these religious and spiritual beliefs.
0: And actually, I do have to stop you there. Please stay with us through the break. We'll return to Atheist Talk with Maddie Love and Rebecca Hensler. Welcome back to AM 950, KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. You're tuned in to Atheist Talk, and I'm your host, Hertzie Hertz. In studio today, we have Maddie Love and Rebecca Hensler. Before we get back, however, I want to remind everyone listening that immediately following the program, you can listen to American Atheist Viewpoint, an official production of American Atheist. Please note, you can always catch American Atheist Viewpoint by subscribing to the podcast version in iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or the podcast player of your choice. As for the here and now, if you'd like to get involved in the conversation with Maddie Love and Rebecca Hensler, you can call us at 952-946-6205, email us at radio at mnatheist.org, or tweet us at, at Atheist Talk, or you can like us on our Facebook page, Atheist Talk. It's all the same thing. Yeah. It, it really is. We like
1: the social
0: medias. <laughs> I know. I'm like, maybe I, yeah, I should just kind of put it all together. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> back to our conversation yeah. now that I'm done making it awkward. Uh
2: so i think i was just telling the story of grief beyond belief and it was a good place to stop because i sort of that was the story of my grief experience so basically what i discovered was there was this thing called online grief support and it was very helpful um because frankly one in the morning is sometimes when it feels worst um And having people I could reach out to was great. But I discovered very quickly that the vast majority of people who I was communicating with believed that the children for whom they were grieving were in heaven or were spirits who were sending them signs. um, And that I ended up feeling very alienated by that. It just, it wasn't comforting to me, and I felt a little like it wasn't really, like, I wasn't connecting with people because even though we had this thing in common in terms of losing children, um, my beliefs were so different, um, and I actually made one friend through that community, um a uh, man, Cliff Schroger, who was a former pastor whose sons had died and who had lost his faith following that. Um, and he was like the one other atheist that I knew in that community. And we started talking and that was really helpful for both of us. And I started thinking, wow, you could have a community just like this. Um, with the same ability to kind of reach out to each other, but that was for people who were grieving without faith. Um, And it took, it was about a year and a half after I started thinking about it, that grief beyond belief came into existence Um, originally just as a Facebook page. Uh, But it grew very quickly Because um, I had connections through Greta Christina with a lot of atheist bloggers. And so um, the atheist blogosphere did this amazing thing in getting the word out to people all over the place that this finally existed. This thing that people have been saying, we need secular grief support. We need this. People have been talking about the lack of it but no one had been doing anything. And so the moment someone, me, actually did something, there was really, it was clear there was this huge need for it. And then um, about six months later, I got, uh, there was a profile of uh, Grief Beyond Belief and myself in, it was published in Huffington Post and USA Today, and I think the Washington Post as well. Um, and That doubled the community because the first group of people who had joined Grief Beyond Belief were all people who thought of themselves for the most part as atheists, who were kind of connected in with with movement atheism. That second group was just people all over the world who had many of them who felt like it was only them. And they... You know, the moment they knew this existed, they, they knew it was what they needed.
1: I was going to ask you, um, I mean, I kind of knew the answer to the question, but, like, why? Why is this an important thing? And I think what you just described is why it's such an important thing to have all these people who feel alone and isolated to suddenly understand that, you know, maybe nobody else will ever understand exactly what they're going through.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But there are people who can relate and who can support. And I just, it's terrible and beautiful at the same time. Like,
2: it is because, and you know, grief beyond belief in the closed group. I mean, first of all, we have this amazing team of people. It's not just me now. It's there's this team <laughs> of volunteers um, who do the process of vetting with the people who request to join um, and who moderate the group. So, you know, but I still sometimes just sit and kind of read people's posts and comments, and it's the saddest thing in the world, then you're right. It's also kind of beautiful to see people take care of each other. It always it even that first week amazed me just seeing. This kind of dream I had of people supporting each other who are going through this, seeing it come true, seeing that there really were all these people out there willing to kind of come together that way.
1: I was watching some of your um, talks last night, and you, you read something. I'm going to read it here. It's it's my favorite thing I think that you said, and it was um, caretaking, caretaking the grieving without lying to them. And I thought that should that's like that's so it's perfectly encapsulated like what i was what i was getting out of it at least or what i was hearing you know let me be there for you but let me be completely honest with you at the same time and i don't have to make up a story
2: <laughs> yeah and it's true that people people do get so much comfort if they do believe from the idea that the person they love is somewhere happy that they're going to see them again. That is a very comforting idea. But as skeptics, it's something that sort of tends to fall apart when you start thinking through it logically. Um, I kind of picture it, grief, it's like this, you're walking through life, you're doing fine, and then you lose someone in There's this pit and you fall into this pit of sorrow. Um, Faith gives you this rope to hold yourself out of the pit, right? This rope that says you're going to see them again. You can contact them. Um, And then for those of us who are non-believers – that rope kind of falls apart. Even if we tried to hold on to it, even if I tried to believe my son was in heaven, I was telling this yesterday to geeks without God. It's like it, when I would daydream about that right after losing my son, I'd eventually start thinking, but but where would he go to school? <laughs> 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 what kind of schools? You know, I'm a school counselor. I'm like, what kind of schools would there be? How would he would he grow?
0: And, it all just falls apart, right? Is there a right?
1: busing with hell?
0: It, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking the class sizes in heaven are perfect. <laughs> exactly,
2: exactly. And so that that you kind of fall into the pit. And Grief Beyond Belief is kind of the way we help each other out of that pit.
0: All right. Well, with that, we'll return with Maddie Love and Rebecca Hensler right after the break. Please stay with us. I'm Hertsy Hertz, and you're listening to Atheist Talk on KTNF AM 950. Thank you for tuning in to Atheist Talk on AM 950 KTNF. I'm your host, Hurtsey Hertz, and we're having what I would classify as a wonderful conversation with Maddie Love and Rebecca Hensler from Grief Beyond Belief. Before we continue this conversation, which is our final segment with Maddie Love and Rebecca Hensler, there's a bit of housekeeping I need to attend to. Atheist Talk is produced with funding from Minnesota Atheist and Cucumbers Restaurant in Nidina. Please consider visiting our sponsors, and if you do, let them know that you appreciate their support of Atheist Talk. If you'd like to advertise on the program and help keep us on the air, please contact us at radio at mnatheist.org. I also want to note our dedicated group of volunteers, especially Maddie today, for <laughs> their generous donations of you, our listeners. You help keep Atheist Talk on the air and in podcast form. I also want to note our donors of the week. Maddie, I get to mention you twice. You're our our new patron, um, which is awesome. If you're able to help with a donation, please consider doing so at our Radio Fun page or at our Patreon, where you can experience extended interviews at www.patreon.com slash Atheist Talk. Minnesota Atheist is a 501c3 tax-deductible organization, and we couldn't do the show without you, and we deeply appreciate your support. Music for Atheist Talk is by composer and member Brent Michael Davis and is used with permission. Please note, all opinions are of the guests and hosts only and do not necessarily reflect those of Minnesota Atheist organization as always please check out Minnesota Atheist website for podcasts of previous programs you can browse at Articles, book reviews, and the calendar of upcoming events. You can also sign up for the AWE e- email, which will give you links to upcoming events. It's a great way to stay connected with the community because we always have a lot of activities going on in the Twin Cities and outlying suburbs. Like today, Rebecca will be giving a talk at the Rondo Library at 2 p.m. Or, because unfortunately cucumbers was too full last week, we'll be having our monthly bunch this week, which I'm actually very excited to go to since the renovations. If you enjoy the show and all that Minnesota Atheist has to offer, consider becoming a member of Minnesota Atheist while you're on the website. Membership has some great perks. Check out the hows and whys on the website. With all that relevant and very useful information out of the way, well, let's get back to our conversation with Maddie Love and Rebecca Hensler.
1: I just want to say, by the way, if you're going to the public, Rondo Public Library and you're not wanting to like deal with parking, it's right on the green line. Like, the, you get off on the stop, Is mm-hmm. it at the Dale Street stop.
0: Yeah, it's Dale. I think yeah. it's Dale.
1: Oh, my God. And it's right there.
0: And last time I went, I know they did some re- re-venerate, re-ven-
1: yeah, revenerating. That word Venerating. Yep, re- No, venerate. I mean, yeah, because we, we venerate our speakers and so we are revenerating.
0: Ay, ay, ay. And <laughs> I do live radio. Ugh. Um but I know they did some some construction work and stuff, but uh, last time I was there they had underground parking too, which is no, the, for yeah. free, which yep. is super awesome and I love that library.
1: I know, but train. Save the planet. I'm sorry. Let's get back.
0: I would love to save the planet. <laughs> the nah, Anyways, uh, let's get back to our conversation.
1: <laughs> so we interrupted you during the break. Um, again. Again. I was just wondering during the break, you, you've talked about your son a lot. And you've talked about your son a lot for a number of years now. Does it, get, does it ever get easier talking about it?
2: The thing is, I always think it's going to be fine. And then the moment I start talking about him, it's often not fine. Um, But I also love talking about him, and that's the thing I want to say is that um, people think that there's sort of, if you don't believe all these myths about what happens after we die, that there is no comfort. And so what I want to say about kind of falling into that pit is that peer-to-peer grief support, it's not that it makes grief go away. It's that we kind of can help each other learn how to live with grief. Um, And there are a lot of ways in which people find comfort without believing in any kind of myths or mysticism. And storytelling is one of them. Often one of the first things that happens when someone joins our community is that someone in the community asks them, you know, tell us about the person that you're grieving for. Because when you tell a story, you're kind of bringing someone back into the world for a moment. Um, And that process really does, people find comfort in that process in getting to talk about someone um, who they love. There are all kinds of, other ways people find comfort. Um, it's comforting to know that the person's life had meaning. And when you're talking about someone like your uncle who clearly raised a child, then, you know, then they're probably hundreds of stories about what kind of guy he was um and how he impacted people's lives and how his you know his children go on and 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 the things they do in life have an impact and I kind of think of it as the ripple effect. Um, with a baby, it's a little harder. It could have just been. This little guy lived 90 days and, you know, brought joy to my life and my wife and my family. Um, But now, Jude having existed has kind of changed the world. Grief beyond belief wouldn't exist without him, right? So this little, tiny little life that, only lasted 90 days has touched thousands of people
1: that's once again it's beautiful and terrible all at the same time you had mentioned um peer-to-peer stuff Mm -hmm. and we were going to talk about um you've got it's it's the secular grief support yeah
2: yeah so um From literally, like from the day that Grief Beyond Belief started, people said, so do you have in-person grief support groups? And I'm like, whoa, I just started a Facebook page. (laughs) This is not magic. (laughs)
0: Uh,
2: And but I had to start thinking about it instantly. And the fact is the places, like I was saying, the places it's most needed, might be the places that have the fewest people who are grieving uh, without religious or spiritual beliefs. And so I started thinking about how can we bring grief support to those places? And at first it was as simple as, you know, me traveling around some and doing these workshops, you know, even though I couldn't do an ongoing group all over the country, I can go anywhere people can bring me and do a workshop like I'm planning on doing after my talk today. Um, But I started thinking there are people who might want to do that kind of thing in their local area, but just don't know how. They either don't know enough about grief, don't know how to facilitate, don't know People just kind of like, well, what would we do? What would we talk about? And so I wrote this guide that it's pretty short. It's, you know, it's 50, 60 pages. Um, and I did it that way deliberately because I didn't want people to feel like, oh, my God, I have to read this whole book before I can do this. Like, no, I. you can... Print out these fifty pages, or read them on your e-reader, and then you're you're gonna have discussion topics, activities, a kind of brief guide to how to facilitate um, some. Ideas about different kinds of grief support events, because not every community has the need for an ongoing grief support group. Maybe what your community needs is a workshop to bring a speaker, to watch a film and have a discussion. So it's really a guide that my goal is... Could meet the needs of any community, um, even if it's a community where they just have one community member who's just suffered a loss and they're trying to figure out how do we as a community help this one community member. Um, so the guide is now written. Um, it's available if you email me at um, Rebecca Hensler at gmail.com. Um, I will, uh, you can get a PDF right now. It's going to be available on Amazon, although it isn't yet. Um, my goal is really to get it as many hands as possible. Um, I did an Indiegogo campaign, and so the community really supported making it happen. Um, and I'm really happy that it is a thing in the world now and people can use it to help bring secular grief support to their communities.
1: I saw something about it would be available on like Amazon. So is this something that like I can purchase from Amazon as well and make, because you said I can email it to you, but at the same time, yeah. so a big you fan can, of artists getting paid.
2: Yes. So <laughs> if you email me, I will tell you how to purchase it.
0: Got it. There we yeah. go. Yeah.
2: Um, I'm going to be very straightforward about it. And this is this is a project of myself, Grief Beyond Belief, is a bigger community, um, but I'm also a writer, and I am also a believer in uh, writers getting paid for their work. Well, oh, yeah, because
1: I i imagine you put a lot of work into
2: this. I put a lot of time into writing this, um, and, you know, and now I'm really excited because now I can move on with my next writing project, which is, you know— I never knew what this would be like, that the moment I published one thing, I'd have something else I wanted to write. But um, I'm starting work on a book of secular uh, meditations on grief. So it'll be a book, I'm hoping to write 100 grief meditations um, so that people... There's a lot out there in terms of self-help for grief. There are two usable books on grieving, uh, without, uh, religious or spiritual beliefs. And they're both pretty great. Um, uh, Carol Fiore wrote a workbook for skeptics who are grieving. Um, and of course, Greta Christina's comforting thoughts about death that have nothing to do with God. are uh, it, both incredible books and so i'm hoping to add to that
0: so i, I actually have an interesting question um just about the group um because it is a close group and I haven't joined um, but is there this is an odd question is there things that people talk about like practical advice like you know my my father or mother or somebody has died and i don't know what to do I don't know. I don't know how to handle this. You know, all of a sudden I'm handling an estate, and I don't know what that is. I think that's a great question. Um, I think a
2: lot of the practical advice that people have falls under the category of "be gentle with yourself." It's actually going to be the title of my book <laughs> um, <laughs> because spoiler, spoiler alert be gentle with yourself um, because in fact grieving is so hard and your brain does all sorts of things that don't seem to make sense to take care of you and so the advice really is to be kind to yourself, to not beat yourself up for thing, doing things that don't make sense or thinking things that don't make sense. Um, and
0: I think that's everything I have to say. All right. Well, thank you for tuning into Atheist Talk. We'd love for you to join us again next Sunday, which should be another exciting episode. Have a wonderful weekend. Bye. Bye. Thank you.